This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to Tort Talk. I am your host, Paul, and really the person that is going to be talking the least in these episodes, but you've been listening for a while. You know that. Now, you know the real expert is Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster, and today we are going to be talking to him about pursuing a judgment against a person. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this, Terrence. Thanks for joining me. Good. I'm glad to be here. Now, you said on other shows that lawyers usually stop at the limits of coverage when settling cases since it's tough to collect against a person. I'm a layperson. Can you help me unpack that and understand that? Yes, it's it's so difficult. So I would say, you know, over 99% of the time, a lawyer will stop at the limits of coverage for a lot of reasons. But really, it's beyond the old adage of you can't get blood out of a turnip. So Mm -hmm. we know that. So we get these sad cases where a person could be killed by a driver with only a 10,000 limit. If they've only got a 10,000 limit, that's not John Rockefeller. That's not Donald Trump that hits you. This is somebody just down and out that bought the cheapest insurance they could find in Florida. 10 is the minimal limit in Florida. It may be uh, larger in other states. but So that adage is always true. But really, um, even a person seems to be more affluent. I've had people drive by and they say, God, that looks like they live in a $300,000 house. They had a newer car in the driveway. They got a boat in the driveway. Uh, you know, why can't we pursue them? And it, it is just so difficult to pursue a judgment. And remember, when you say judgment, that means actually filing a lawsuit, going to court, going before a jury, getting them to say a number that is reduced to a piece of paper. Mm. And we actually have to go all the way back to our founding fathers. When they got here, most of them came from England. Mm -hmm. And in England, what did they practice? Imprisonment for debt. You owed a guy money, you can go to debtor's prison. Mm. They were tired of that. And when they got over here and got away from the king, they said, we are going to do away. That was one of the first things they did away with when we made our laws. So you could not imprison for owing somebody. Mm. Uh, so if the mechanisms are difficult. I'm going to give you the best example in America, and it's it's a case you know about. You, you can say, I don't know any of these cases. I don't even know what okay. you're talking about. And as soon as I say it, you're going to go, aha. Okay. O.J. Simpson. Oh, well, come on. Yeah. Okay. O.J. Simpson. Everybody remembers the not guilty verdict in the criminal case, but many of us probably sort of remember the $24 million judgment that Ron Goldman's family got when they sued him in civil court under a different judge, different standard. And that jury said, yes, you did kill Goldman Mm -hmm. and awarded $24 million. How much money did that family ever get? nil zilch zero and at that time at that time oj was living in south florida in a mansion playing golf every day with his buddies and he'd done all the hertz commercials he played for the buffalo bills he was a multi-multi-millionaire they never saw a dime because it is so hard to collect against a person. Uh, I'm not bragging, but uh, as a lawyer for 43 years, you can imagine I have obtained some type of wealth, but I've set myself up to where uh, I'm pretty much judgment-proof. So if you got a judgment against me, it would be very difficult uh, to 
uh, collect. Um, and it, it, you know, sometimes it's through incorporation. People incorporate that insulates you from liability. Uh, if it's a marital asset. So if my wife runs a stop sign and kills somebody, they can't impair a marital asset. Like if my name's on the title. Uh, so we, we both have to be at fault. So there's just, it, there's, it goes on and on and on. And let me tell you a little story myself. About five years ago, I was at a little rental house here, nothing fancy, and I was on you know a thousand a month rent, whatever. I had a real nice lady, and she paid her rent every now and then. She'd be two weeks late, and that wasn't a big deal to me. She always made it good, and and we got along fine. And then it came around October, and I made up my mind that on January I was going to put the place up for sale because I was just tired of being a landlord. Right, I right. didn't really like it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought I'd be nice to her and give her a lot of warnings. So I gave her like two months warning saying, oh, by the way, you know, when January comes, you're going to have to move out because I'm selling the place, I'm, you know, whatever. And she was quiet. She quit paying rent. She just quit. Okay. And I finally called her up. I go, what's going on? She says, well, you're, you're jerking the house out from under me. I, this is my home. And I said, well, I understand that, but I, I'm so sorry, but you know, I, I, we just don't want to own the property anymore. We, 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 we're selling it. And anyway, so she didn't pay me the last two months rent in spite. <clears throat> okay. So I decided what the heck, you know, I, I'd always gone the extra mile for her. I mean, I'd done every repair, every plumber, everything she ever wanted. We sent it out there. So I, I, I sued her. So I sue her in, in county court here in, in Santa Rosa County. And uh, we go to court. And so she's dressed up. There she is in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And we're before the judge. And I, th I think I sued her for the $2,000. And the judge looks at us and he goes, uh, do you all want to work this out? And I said, I'd be happy to. And she looks at the judge. She goes, no. And then the judge says, well, are you saying you don't owe Mr. Gross this money? No, I owe the money to him. <laughs> and do you want a payment plan? No. You're not going to pay Mr. Gross? No. And the judge just looked at her and goes, okay, Mr. Gross, I'm giving you a judgment for the 2000 she owes you plus interest, plus you had to file suit. I think the judgment at that time was like $2,200, wherever right. it was, and, and, and it grows at 8%. And I still have that judgment, but the lady was a renter. Right. <laughs> it's a piece of paper. I didn't even frame it. I don't even know where it is. I got the judgment. I don't even know where it is anymore. But but it, it just, I knew sort of better. I just thought I would scare her into paying, really. And the judge right, thought right. so. Uh, but it's just like even on TV with Judge Wapner and Judge Judy. Uh, I think if you're on TV, you're supposed to pay. There's some kind of contractual thing. or oh, Probably right, the okay. TV station pays. But in real life, that all that stuff goes on every day. Everything you see on TV, that happens every day in every courtroom in America. But it's just a piece of paper. So you could owe somebody $10,000 that they, they loaned them and they could take them to court. And the people come to me all the time. I loaned my brother-in-law $6,000, haven't paid me. Will you take the case? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, you could sue yourself, but don't hold your breath because it's just a piece of paper. And that's all a judgment is. And let me just tell you this. If you really, let's say you sued somebody that had some wealth. And let's say you, you hit them up for $300,000. I mean, a good sum of money. So if they really cared about it, they can go to a bankruptcy lawyer in this day and age, pay them $1,000, $1,500, declare bankruptcy, 
keep their house, keep their car, keep everything, and lose the judgment. In the old days, you know, back in the Great Depression, you went bankrupt, you lost everything. Right. Maybe you get to keep the shirt on your back. You've heard that. But nowadays, with all these, I don't know a chapter seven from a chapter 11, but I know because my cousin's a bankruptcy lawyer that you could just get rid of your debt and you keep your assets and, and boom. So, so that's another thing. It, it's just, it, it's a rare occurrence. I think in four times in my life, have I ever uh, gotten someone to pay more than the insurance coverage? Uh, wow. And, and that's just, it's a rare occurrence. So then I hate to ask this question, but what's the point of suing somebody? Uh, I mean, if there's no, can they they obviously can't be put into prison for not paying. We've established that. Right. So can they just say, uh, yeah, I owe you this money, but toodles. And then there's, that's it. Like what, what recourse, what recourse do I have? Well, the, the, there is a recourse, not against the person. It would be against the insurance company, but you know what? I'm not going to talk about it right now because mm. you know why? Why is that? Because we're going to talk about it on our next episode when we ah. when we talk next week. Because that's a whole different topic, and we only have a minute or two left, and I can't do it in, in do it justice in that time period. Fair enough. Okay. Well, then let's let's move on to uh, trying to wrap up the topic that we have at hand. So let's say this person isn't a how you would phrase it earlier a turnip. You know, can you get? I was going to say blood out of them, but I realized how weird that would sound. Uh, can you go against that person and get your money from them? Like I said, it's, it's pretty difficult. The one case where I did, I, I really remember doing this was it was a fellow that was a drunken driver. He didn't have much coverage, but he was one of these people that was money poor, land rich. He had a lot of mm. acreage up what Highway 29. You know that now yep. Yep. used to be farmland. And now, of course, yeah. as things yeah. expanded, it's probably, it's probably, you know, $20 an acre when he bought it. And now it's worth 2000 or 2,500 an acre. So he had, he was a money uh, land rich and he didn't have enough coverage and he wasn't married. So he didn't have the spousal joint thing mm -hmm. going for him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we, we did get extra money from him in that particular case, but that was a rare bird. Most of the times, uh, lawyers will go away for the insurance limits. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, then let's talk next time about uh, the follow-up on this and talking about being able to, okay, how is it phrased? Bad faith, is it? Is it that it's actually what it's called. It's called bad faith. Okay, okay. I got the term right. That makes me really happy. So next time we're going to talk about bad faith. Uh, you've heard the, this entire episode. You can hear any episode you want anytime. Uh, just download them at grossandschuster.com. You can listen to them. You don't have to download them. You can just go to the player and listen to them that way. So Terrence, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, one way is the old fashioned way. It's called a telephone. I've heard of these. Yes. And then you can call 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Sounds like a plan and will do. And we're going to catch you next time talking about bad faith, Terrence. See you next time. Thanks. Thanks.